If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation, it's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Charlie. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast brought to you by our great friends at my Bookie, we've got another batch of winners here for you guys today on our Week 11 Picks of the Week episode. So all you have to do to take advantage of these picks and put some money in your pocket is go to mybookie.ag, sign up for a brand new account, and if you are a new user, you can use our code UGA to get a 50% bonus on that first deposit. But if you want to avoid the playthrough and you just want to get some money straight into your account, into that wallet... Use the code 200CASH to get a 10% straight cash bonus, no strings attached. You can get that bonus added straight into your account. So two great options for you guys to bet some money and put some cash in that wallet. But all right, guys, I am your host, Tyler. And of course, back with me today for our Picks of the Week episode is the star of the podcast, Charlie herself. Charlie, how are we doing this week? I'm doing well, but last week was not great. Last week was not a vintage Charlie week. You've been actually... Really good this year. You've had the lead most of the season. I don't know if that's still the case. You are the the keeper of all the records, but I think I'm gaining on you. But you you've been leading most of the of the, of the entire season. So I, that was a somewhat of a rare, surprising down week for Charlie. Yeah, you had a good week. I did. Well, you know, I had that stretch. Charlie it was not. I mean, I had a I had a solid week. It wasn't a great week. It wasn't as good as the previous two weeks, but still a, a winning week, which I will take because. Those were in short supply there in the middle of the season, but we're we're back on the winning track. I think we may have switched spots there. You know, everyone has a little bit of a slump in them, Charlie, but you just got to get out of it. You're going to get out of it this week. Deep down, you're saying, yes. Deep down, I'm like, hell yes, I'm going to freaking win. Dude, I don't want to lose. But I don't want, I, like, it's one of those weird things, Charlie. I don't wish ill upon you. I want you, I actually want you to win. I want you to do well, but I also want to win too. And it's like, I, I don't know. All right. Do you want me to go over last week's picks? Yeah, let's do it. All right. You continued your winning ways with an eight and six week, not as hot as the seventeen and five run over the past two weeks, but that puts you at twenty five and eleven over the last three weeks. Good job. I will take that, Charlie. I think we can say you've turned it around after that mid season. The swoon, swoon the swoon. Slump. Yes, there was a slump. There was a slump there, but hey, would you say fourteen games over five hundred the past three weeks? Yeah, I will take that. I will take that. Yeah, overall, 65 and 54, which is 55% above 500. Uh, but Mr. Parlay did come up one leg short again with Arkansas of all teams knocking off Florida. You're now 6 and 5 with your parlays. Uh, for upset specials, you went 1 and 3. 
You hit on Clemson over Notre Dame. You missed on Northwestern over Iowa and LSU over Bama and K-State over Texas. That's 6-14 and 14 for upset specials. Yeah, it's been... I've had some high-profile wins on the upset specials, but I, I've missed far too many of those. I'm not, I'm not thrilled with that. we gotta, we got to get on a little hot streak there these last couple weeks. But, you know, your picks against the spread are pretty good. I've taken some swings on the upset specials, because that can be deceiving. How big of an upset special is it? Are you talking about a 10-point dog? Are you talking about a 3-point dog? I've taken some big swings, and uh, they haven't all paid off. Hey, some of them have. Georgia Tech, right? Plus, like, whatever, whatever that was. Plus 800, I think. That was a big one, but there have been a lot of misses there. All right. I unfortunately went two and four last week. That brings me to 36 and 31 overall, which is 54%, which means you have pulled ahead of me. Wait, did you say what percentage I'm at? F- yes, 55. I, I missed that. Sorry. I pulled a Charlie and just you're lost. 55. I've been trying to do things over here, Charlie. I'm trying to pull up the, the spreadsheet from last week so I can. I know you're going to ask me, what are your thoughts on last week, which you are apt to do on these episodes. So I was trying to pull that up. So sorry, sorry. So I'm at 55 and you're at what? 54. Oh, I think 55 is greater than 54. Is that correct? But not that much Not that greater. much. You're right. But you have been winning all, all season long. So, yes. yes. I did hit my parlay with Duke, Penn State, and Auburn all winning. That brings it to four and six on parlays for the season. Like you, I missed my upset special with Kansas State coming up just short in overtime against Texas. God, they were – I still say it was a bad call going for a fourth down in overtime. So that God, is call. two and six on upset specials. So, yes, give us a brief overview on your thoughts from last week. There you week. are with the brief again, Charlie. I see what you're doing there. That's an insult. That, that's that's well, offensive to me. If you would like a very in-depth dive to the offense and defense – well, we're not even talking balls. about Georgia. You asked me about my, my picks from last week. I know. I'm just saying the episode about Ole Miss was like an hour and a half. It was a long one. I kept looking. I was like, uh, I'm not even like halfway done. And we're like 40 minutes you in. You just don't stop Uh-oh. talking. Well, I'm, I'm trying to give people as much information as I possibly can. I, that's what this podcast is for. This is for the diehard fans. And I, know. I don't know what they want. That's, that's what I would want. So that's what I try to give them. giving the people what they want. Good job. Yes, I, I hope right. so. That's thoughts, the idea. Thoughts on last week. All right, thoughts on last week? It was a, it was a good week, solid week. Um, there was, a, you know, so I actually just finished watching the games that I had on my card last night. It's Thursday, yes, I was finishing watching them on Wednesday. I had to finish up the UCF game and the Boise State Fresno game. I was sitting there at seven and five with a chance to go like nine and five. Eh, it didn't always work out that way. It didn't well, it did not work out that way. There were a couple um couple pushes we had here. Ole Miss, I, I it was minus three. They ended up kicking that field goal to win the game. By three points. Michigan over 41. They scored 41 points. And there were a couple of them that were... Like, the Florida game got me. I and We talked about it on the show last week. I just missed on that one. I saw that line. And it was... When you see these lines, there's like Florida minus five over Arkansas. You're like, wait a minute. Does somebody know something I don't know? And clearly they did. Because Arkansas went into Gainesville and won outright. Because of course they did. Like, when... When I don't need them to win anymore, they go win football games. That's that's just how these things work, right? So, good good for Sam Pittman. Uh, did you see his? I know you love Sam Pittman, Charlie. Did you see his uh, post? I don't know if it was a post game. I think it was like a interview he did on one of those talk shows this week when they're asking him like what kind of beer he likes. No, I did not. see Oh, it's this. hilarious. You got you got to check it out. He's like, oh well, you know, I like me the the, the pints of Millers, and uh, you know, I uh, I just that's what I like, and you know, we just uh, got back home, we had a reason to celebrate, and we turned on the Alabama LSU game, and you know, Jeannie I, we just uh, we knocked a few back. You gotta love the guy. You gotta yes. love the guy. Like 
That's why I, I will be for sad him. for him if he gets fired. And I know he's made a ton of money. I know he's made a ton of money. And by by the way, winning that winning that game means that that you know they were trying, they were hoping that maybe if they lost out, if they, that he would the buyout goes down. The buyout goes down. The buyout will not go down now because he's guaranteed to have a winning record over the last however many years since the contract extension kicked in. So, you know, I'm not, I know he's making a lot of money, all that. That's great. But he's a nice guy. You don't want to see things like that happen to him. But I guess you got that one wrong. Uh, yeah, I just have to own that one. That sucks. Missed that one. Florida State over 35 versus Pitt. Yeah, I knew the Florida State was going to be down some receivers, but Pitt is just so dreadful. But Florida State didn't quite get there, struggled in the first half. That was just a, a bad pick. Oregon State, Colorado, ridiculous. Oregon State would have covered. Colorado put up a garbage time touchdown. That's a straight up backdoor cover for Colorado. So if you had Colorado, good for you. Oregon State ended up winning that game by seven. They should have won. They were up by 14. Colorado comes down under a minute left. Garbage time, meaningless touchdown, and they score and, you know, whatever it is. And they drove, like, the entire length of the field. Ridiculous. Oregon State, what are you doing? So that one was a, a very frustrating one to watch. Oregon State was so much better than Colorado and was dominating the entire game. But, yeah, ended up only winning by seven, which is kind of inexplicable when you actually watch that game. The Ole Miss a and under 53 and a half. Yeah, that, that was bad. Just a bad pick. But, hey, I mean – Again, had a winning week. I'll take it, especially when I had the little swoon there, as we were talking about. We're back on the winning ways. I'm over 500, Charlie, because that's, I mean, that should be the standard at minimum. But, you know, when you're sitting there like week seven and you're not over 500, and it's like, uh-oh, like that, that, that does something to it, man. So I'm glad I've gotten back on this, uh, this winning track here, and hopefully we're going to keep this thing rolling over the, the next couple of weeks. All right. Well, are you ready for this week's slate? I am ready, Charlie. I'm always ready. All right. Well, Georgia's victory over Missouri last week put us in position to clinch the SEC East for the third consecutive season with a win over Ole Miss on Saturday in Athens. But with the Rebels ranked inside the top 10, what are they, nine now? They're up to, uh, yeah, number nine. We are certainly going to have to work for it. Lane Kiffin and the Rebels will arrive in Athens with house money, and they have the firepower to pull the upset if the dogs are not at their best which has been hit or miss this season. But with this game being a top 10 matchup combined with the opportunity to clinch a spot in Atlanta. Ooh, Atlanta. I mean, yes for the SEC, No, 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 no. We're not doing that. No, Atlanta. positive vibes only. This is usually the type of game where we show up in a big way. This matchup features two elite offenses with the Dogs and Rebels ranking two, second and third, respectively, in the league in both total offense and scoring offense. The line opened earlier this week on my bookie at 11 and a half, but it appears as though a lot of betters have hammered Ole Miss with that line now moving down to 10 and a half with the point total set at 58. What's your take on this? Before I give you my take, and don't worry, Charlie, it will be brief. Okay, I know what you're going to say. I got to ask you a question. We know your affinity for old Lane Kiffin. He's a guy you love him or hate him. You seem to love Lane Kiffin. So I, 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 I... I don't want to put you on the spot here, Charlie. But what what is your rooting interest here? How you how are we feeling going in this game? I mean, I want Georgia to win. Okay, I would like right. for them to cover. I just don't. Is know Is this a situation where like you want us to win, but if Lane Kiffin wins, you'd be happy for him? No, I don't. Okay, want him good, to win. good. Okay, I'm just making sure because no. like I, I, if you answer that wrong, like this would have been the last podcast you'd be Dude, on. The I'm show. not stupid. Just, just making sure. Now there, I'm not too happy with Lane. Well, oh. you don't know the whole story. There's a clip that just came out about Lane Kiffin talking to the player that got kicked off the team after taking mental health leave or something. I didn't see this. And it just came out okay. a few minutes ago. And it's you don't know the whole story. Apparently the guy didn't show up when Lane texted him and told him he needed to come in. He didn't show up for a couple weeks and then finally showed up claiming mental health. Lane Kiffin kicked him off the team, I guess. 
I would say there's probably is that I mean, is that the mo- kid side of the story? I mean, that's what the phone clip is. Like that's the So it's a phone clip of yeah, Wayne saying that? There's a recording. There's I would venture to say there's probably more going on behind the oh, scenes. Oh, of course. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so, there's probably more of a history there. Right. But I do like Lane Kiffin. I think he's good. I did also hear Do you like Lane Kiffin or do you think he's funny? I think he's a You think he's he, you think he brings levity to the Yeah, I think football. he bring I think he lightens it up a little okay. bit. Lightens Fair the tone. Fair enough. Um I did also hear that he himself said that when they play Alabama, he feels like he tenses up, he gets nervous, stressed, and the team feels it as well. He said he doesn't feel that way this week. So, but is that is that real or is that fake juice? He, right. he you said house money. I think that's exactly what he said. We're going there I'm with house just money. Saying what is that him trying to convince been, himself that? No, I know that's what he said. But those are like, just the things that have been in the media. Now, my concern, you know, we played Tennessee last year. The score would have been higher, but it started raining. Yep. And it might rain this weekend I, also. I don't think might is the right word. It's a matter of how much does well, it Well, I looked just a few minutes ago, and it like, uh, obviously it's only going to like mm-hmm. 4 or 5 o'clock mm-hmm. right now because we're recording, but it's like a 30% chance of rain. Dear God, please. So, you know, hopefully it will not rain because that's not good for the football game. It's not good for the fans. It's not good for the volume level. Yeah, so, that's my concern. Like, I... I and on the field, both teams have, have to contend with We practice with wet balls. I'm more concerned. Like, we need a massive home field edge in this game, and I think it would take some fans out of the game. It won't be as, oh, as loud not, of an environment. It's not going to be as warm of a rain if it does rain as it was at the Tennessee game. Because at the Tennessee game, it wasn't cold. It wasn't cold. I wore shorts to that yeah, game. Yeah, it wasn't cold. And put on a raincoat, and I was fine. This game, it's going to be cooler if it does rain. You know, Kirby. Kirby's just thinking about, survive in advance so do you think that does impact the volume level in the stadium i think it does absolutely 100 because well because charlie's gonna be sitting there just arms crossed i just want to go home i know what you're gonna be doing well last year people got louder in the rain but it wasn't a downpour it was like a little sprinkle that lasted for a few and minutes like you said it wasn't cold and i know That's everybody on tv was like oh my gosh it's raining no it really it wasn't that rain. bad it rained like i don't even, I guess it rained hard for about it, a minute, it, and then it was just really, kind of like a, a, a trickle Yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't too bad. And since it was warmer... It wasn't what Tennessee fans want to make you think it was. Right, but since it was warmer, people were fine with it, and we were all having a good time. You know, if the score's closer, if it's colder, it starts raining, people are going to start to leave... You know, they're just going to be... Don't do it, y'all. Escaping to the concourse. So, you know... If you were going to the game out there, I know a lot of you are, if you're going to the game... I know it sucks to be in the rain, especially when it's cold. I know that. I don't love that either. But the team needs us. We got to do our part. So be loud, entire game, rain or not, embrace it. Are you going to embrace it, Charlie? Or are you going to be like hiding? Are you going to be like looking for cover? I hope it doesn't rain. I am definitely not picking Georgia uh, to cover 10 rain. and a half. I don't want it to and rain in the morning when I I don't even either. think the point total will be 58. Like, See, rain doesn't impact the offenses as much as wind does. I mean, I'm not saying it has no effect. But teams can throw the ball in the rain. As long as it's not like a torrential downpour where it's like you can't see five feet in front well, of you. Well, it's not supposed so to be super windy, but it's not going to be like The wind is what is always what gives you issues. It's it's not... I mean, the rain can, is... You don't want it to rain, but that's not as much of a problem. I don't know. Do you think the point total can get to 58? Yeah. You do? I don't know. Try to put up 58 on our own if we want. I guess I mean, I'm just, Maybe. Hopefully. That'd be great. I'm just worried about... Yeah, I think you can get to that point. I mean, we're this is not a vintage Georgia defense. We're still really good. But okay. This is a good offense. It's the... Two of the top three offenses in the league. Five o'clock on Saturday, 33% chance rain, 55 come on, degrees, baby. Come six on, baby. mile hour winds. Six mile, that's not, come on, come on. Put those hands together, y'all, and let, let's let's pray that this does not actually occur. We do not need that rain. All right, all right, 
Is it time for me to share my final thoughts on this game? Proceed. Okay, well, let's. What, what you said you don't think we're going to cover? Is that your official prediction? I mean, I, I don't. Ten and a half. I know you. Uh, you just like whenever like you're gun shy when it comes to spreads with us. Like I know you missed some like the past couple of years. Like, I just. I, I mean, I know. think we can pick to. Yeah, I'll I mean, pick we them can. to cover. I'm not going to put it on my card, but no, I'm not putting it on my card either. I mean, we have but the, you don't. You don't like the 58 point total. You like under. I mean, I know Ole Miss's defense is bleh, but do we? Can we win a shootout with them, or does it need to be a a, a Georgia defensive effort where we put up enough points and we win the football game? I think we can win a shootout if it comes to that. I think we have the yeah, offense to do I'm it. I'm curious to see if Brock Bowers plays. I think he's and going to. And how much? Do you think he's going to play? Like, if he plays more, then yes, 58. But, eh. And what version of Brock do we get? Exactly. Well, so is, many questions. We don't know. We don't know, but I want your take on this. Do you think Brock plays? Mm, I'm going to say only if he has to. I think he plays. Here's my thing, Charlie. Why? I don't believe that our coaches, Kirby Smart himself, and our players would be talking about it as openly as they have been all week long if there was not a strong, I would say, likelihood that he's going to play. Now, again, like you said, how much does he play? How healthy is he? I don't know. If he does play, it's going to be insane. That'd be 26 days out from surgery, which is crazy. I know Tua came back in 28 days, but playing quarterback's a little bit different than playing tight end. So I don't know. I think he's going to give it a shot. The last home game, I mean, he's not coming back next year. I mean, that'd be amazing if he did. Poor Nick Chubb, but not going to happen. So I think he plays. Um, the effectiveness, that certainly remains to be seen but I mean just him being out there is going to be a boost for this team just a a morale boost right you kind of rally around that kind of guy but all right I'll I'll make this quick for you Charlie ish quick ish so I feel like this is deja vu I distinctly remember sitting here this time last week on the week 10 picks episode saying hey guys Missouri is the best team that we have faced to date and here I am one week later almost to the minute saying hey guys Ole Miss is the best team that we have played to date. And I do believe that. I lay that out this week. I don't think that Ole Miss is like head and shoulders above better than Missouri. But I do think that they are a slight bit better. And this is the best team that we have played to this point this season. And I think there are some legitimate reasons for concern in this matchup. Their aggressive style of play, uh, particularly in terms of how they approach fourth downs, guys, they're going to need multiple situations. When you have Lane Kiffin openly talking about how we're coming in with house money, they already are very aggressive and analytic driven in terms of going forward on fourth down. Just expect them to do that on almost every possibility that they have. Like if it's if it's anything less than like fourth and like eight then yeah, I think they're probably going to be going for it in all parts of the field. We're going to have to stop them on four downs, most of these drives. That's that's what Ole Miss does. They go for it. They they push the issue there. And that, you know, that's that's tough. Like when you got to basically stop a team for an extra down, the majority of their drives, that makes it more difficult. Now that can, on the flip side, work against them. That can give us some short fields. And if we get those short fields, we need to be able to take advantage of them, which I think that we will. But so, but the aggressive style is somewhat of a concern. I think the novelty of their offense is a little bit of a concern for me because this is an offense that we just don't see. Like It's one thing if it's Alabama who plays them every year and you have that from a reference to operate off of because you game plan against them every single year. We don't do that. I know Kirby has some familiarity with Lane going back to their days at Alabama. We, we don't play Ole Miss. Like we, we, This is the first time that Kirby has faced an Ole Miss Lane Kiffin offense. And I know he knows a lot of people who have played them. I know that. I know he watches tape, all of that. But this is a novelty for our team, for our players. You know, guys like Javon Bullard, they don't have any muscle memory of like playing this style of offense, this particular Ole Miss offense. So I think there there is some issue there. Cause this is, you know, it's like we said with Missouri, they do this. This is what Ole Miss does. They do this for a living. We don't 
play against this kind of offense for a living. So that makes it a difficult task to kind of slow down this offense. And you add to that the fact that, well, I should say the fact, the likelihood that we will not have Pop Dumas Johnson in the middle of this defense with his experience. And also, I think he's a great fit just with his skill set, downhill thumper, playing between the tackles and thriving when teams try to run right at you. That's what he does. And not every team does that. Ole Miss does it. And I don't think he's going to play. I've been hearing behind the scenes a little bit that they're exploring every avenue to possibly be able to, to wrap that thing up and go out and play. But what I'm hearing is that the fracture, the location of the fracture in his arm makes that really tough to do. So he's going to try. I know he's trying. I just don't know if we're going to be able to make that happen. So I would say probably does not play, but we'll see. I, I can't say that definitively, but if he doesn't play, that's a concern with the young guys having to fill in for him, really talented young guys. But with all the misdirection, the way they try to challenge your eye discipline on offense, that is a concern with all these young guys. I mean, and like going back to the Auburn game, we talked about the reason Auburn was able to run the football on us so well is that they challenged our eye discipline. They got our eyes in the wrong spot and they were able to use misdirection and gash us at times. And we said it after that, after that game on the recap episode, hey guys, the only other team that really does that against us, don't freak out, is Ole Miss. Well, maybe now it's time to freak out a little bit because Ole Miss is here. And this is a team that kind of does a, a, a good bit of what Auburn does, at least from like a, a scheme standpoint in, in some regards. So yeah, I think that's also a concern. I think they're defensively, their ability to create negative plays and try to put us behind the chains. They are very, very disruptive. We saw that Missouri, have, with their aggressive style of play defensively, was able to sack us three times. A 50% increase in the sacks that we've given up coming into that game. Well, Ole Miss rushes the passer better. They're better at penetrating the backfield and getting tackles for loss, like seven a game. So those are some reasons why, yeah, it's, I think it's legitimate if you have some concerns heading into this game. But saying that, we are still very much the better football team. We are better almost across the board. Ole Miss's offense is really good. Our offense is better. Ole Miss's defense is not really good. They're about ninth in the league, but it's better than it has been. They are much improved under new coordinator Pete Golding coming over from Alabama, but our defense is still better, even though it's not as good as it has been the past couple of years. We still have a better overall roster. The margins might have been reduced a little bit this year, uh, especially some of the injuries that we've been dealing with, and we'll see what happens with Brock. We don't know there with Pop being out, guys like that. Marius Mims maybe coming back, maybe not coming back. If he comes back, how healthy is he? So that, those kind of things, those injuries reduce margins. And Ole Miss is a really good team, but we are better. And as I told you guys on the preview episode, if you haven't listened to that, make sure you check that out. Charlie was right. It was like an hour and 20-ish minutes of me going as deep as you're going to find a preview of this game. So check that out, guys. But just give you a little recap of some of the things I was saying there. While, yes, Ole Miss is a very good football team. They did not get to 8-1 by accident, just like Missouri did not get to 7-1 by accident. They are a very different team on the road than they are at home. Let me give you some examples here. The Rebels are averaging 45.7 points per game at home. They're only averaging 25 on the road. That's almost a, a 50% drop there for with their home versus road splits. In terms of total offense, another dramatic drop. 536 yards of total offense at home. Leaving Oxford, they're only averaging 363 yards per game on the road. Passing offense goes from 326 uh, yards per game at home to 240 on the road. Their offense, which is the engine of this entire team, is clearly affected when they're on the road, which makes sense because when the opposing offense is on the field, that's when the, the opposing, that's when the home crowd is loud, right, making noise. So this is a different team when they're on the road. And there's also this, Lane Kiffin coming into this season. Charlie, I don't know if you're aware of this. Have you heard this stat? Lane Kiffin coming into this season was 1-19 as a head coach, just going back to USC, FAU, Tennessee, and, and now Ole Miss, one in 19 against Power Five teams that ended the season winning at least nine games. Had you heard that stat? I had not. 
that's um that's a pretty large sample size too, right? Yeah. That's a large sample size. One in nineteen going back to, again, Tennessee, USC, FAU, now Ole Miss. Now he did beat LSU, so there's there's they're probably gonna they're almost certainly end with nine wins, right? Unless I guess they could lose to Florida, probably not. I guess they could lose to AM, probably not. But let's let's just assume that LSU gets to nine wins. Well, that would be two wins against Power Five teams, but he lost to Alabama, so that's another loss. Let's say he'll probably be two and twenty, not including this game. So he has struggled. His teams, wherever he has been, have struggled against the best teams that they have faced. They just usually don't win. They don't beat the best teams on their schedule. That's typically what happens. Now they beat LSU this year, one of the best teams on their schedule, but that is an exception to the rule. Uh, the first one he won is back at uh, USC. They beat Oregon 38-35, and they beat LSU this this season uh, in, a, in a freaking shootout late in that game. So even when he's beaten teams, the two wins he's got against a Power 5 teams that are probably going to end with nine wins, because LSU probably will end with nine wins again, they barely won those games by the skin of their teeth. So that is something to also factor in this. Now, does history matter in this individual matchup? Maybe not, but... There's also maybe something to the idea that the way Kiffin coaches, the culture, the the scheme that he runs, maybe it just doesn't translate against the more talented teams on your schedule. And let's be real, guys. This is the type of game in the past couple of years, since we have ascended to the top of the college football landscape, this is the type of game that we win. The big moment against a hype team that's really good on offense, maybe not as good on defense, and they can't match us player for player, but there's a lot of people out there talking about, oh, Ole Miss might be able to pull the upset. Sounds a lot like Tennessee last year, right? Yeah, it does. What happens in games like that? At least, what does history tell us? History tells us that Georgia comes out swinging, and we come away winning that football game, and we win it fairly comfortably. Now, will that happen in this game? History, history is history. It certainly can be instructive. Doesn't mean it's exactly how it's going to play out in this game, but if you have to bet on things, I would look at that history and pay very, very close attention to it. You mentioned Brock, Charlie. If Brock is back in this game and he's anywhere close to the Brock hours that we know, if you match him with Ladd McConkin coming back, getting to the point where he's, I don't know if he's fully healthy, he probably won't be fully healthy all year, but playing at a very high level, that could change things in this game. That absolutely could change things in this game. When you talk about the best player in college football making a return, not just what he can do on the field, obviously that's important, but also what the kind of boost he can just give your entire team, the home crowd, all of those things. So I feel good about this game, Charlie. I'm feeling better and better about it. I've been nervous all week as we get closer and closer. I'm feeling better and better about it because, again, I do think that we're the better team. I think that we have advantages in key spots. I know that they run the football really well. I know they do, and I know that we are not as good stopping the run this season as we have in years past, but we're still one of the best teams in the country, still a top 15 nationally team in stopping the run. We're still one of the best teams in the SEC stopping the run, and if we can stop the run enough in those early downs and get them to third and fourth and long. If it's fourth and long, I don't think they're going to go for it, but if it's third and long, that's what we need to get them to. Because if we went off first and second down, that takes them first off, it takes them out of their tempo, which is one of the things they use to try to confuse you, get your eyes in the wrong spot and create breakdowns in the, in the coverage. So if you went off first and second down, they're not going to run tempo like they typically do. They re- usually use tempo when they have successful plays. So if you're winning on first and second down, you don't have the tempo to, to contend with as much. And then you get them in third-long situations where they have to go to the drop-back pass game, and Jackson Dart, his passing grade drops tremendously, like 20 points when he gets in drop-back passing situations, because that's just not what that guy's equipped to do. He doesn't do a great job of going through progressions and, and diagnosing coverages. He really does well the RPO game, where it's, you know, you're making a simple read. So if we can get to the third and long, where we are one of the best teams in all of America, number three in the country right now, in third-down defense, if we can get to that point, 
I like our chances, and I think that we can. I think that we're going to find a way to have a vintage performance against the run, old-school Georgia defense performance against the run. I think we're going to be able to score against this Ole Miss defense. I know they rush the passer well, but if we can get Mims back, I think that will help. So I like us in this game, Charlie. You know what? I'm even going to go as far as saying I like. I think we can cover this game. I'm not going to put it on the card. I'm like you. I'm not going to put it on the card. I'd feel better if it was 10. I think this is a game that we can win by two-plus touchdowns. It might not be uh, an immediate big lead for us early in the game. They might be right in it, but I think we can pull away with our depth. I think the crowd will be the, the decisive factor in the end. So yeah, I think the Dawgs can win this game. The, you said the point was 58. I'm going to say over, slightly over on the point total, but I do feel like we win this game, and I feel, I'm feel i going to say if I had to pick a side here, give me the dogs to cover the 10 and a half. I think our talent shines here. I think our depth shines here, and again, we are just, we're money in these games, in these situations, and Ole Miss has not performed. They really don't, aren't used to these kind of settings, and when they have been in these kind of settings, it's maybe Alabama, they don't typically come up with big-time performances. All right. Well, thank you for that overview. If you guys want more of an Ole Miss breakdown, go back and listen to Tyler's episode for the preview of the game. Very in-depth, um, detailed I podcast. try to keep that one short for you, Charlie. I know that was probably too long for you, but I tried. I tried. I tried. Awesome. The people love it, but let's take a break before we move on. Let's do it. All right, guys. So my bookie, once again, let's remind you about my bookie. We're going to give you a ton of winners here today, guys. And it's so simple for you guys to jump in on the action and take advantage of these picks and put some money in your in your wallets for the holiday season, which is basically here. Go to mybookie.ag, use our promo code UGA, get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. Or if you want to avoid the playthrough, that comes with a 10 times playthrough. It's going to be straight up with you. But if you want to avoid that, then just use the code 200 cash and you get a 10% cash bonus up to $200 added straight to your account. Zero strings attached. No worries there. Just bet your first deposit and boom, you have that money to do whatever it is that you want to do with it. And my book, you guys, it is the sports book to use. It's the sports book to trust. It's a sports book I trust and I, I strongly recommend it to you guys. They have a ton of betting features for you guys. Cash out early options. They have a ton of live betting lines, which I've been making more and more use of. A ton of parlay options. So many things for you guys to use to your advantage to make some money. And uh, yeah, my bookie, it's the place to go, guys. So jump in on the action today and bet any Anything, anytime, anywhere, only with my bookie. All right, moving on. While we can clinch the East with a win over Ole Miss, we might already have the division clinch before the game even kicks off if Missouri can beat Tennessee. And I can guarantee you the Georgia coaches are not going to let the players find out about that. Oh, hell no. So, can, no, take phones. No, yeah. no social media. Blackout. The, the Tigers are hosting the Vols in Como and are looking to get back on track after the tough loss in Athens last week, while the Vols are fighting to stay alive in the race for Atlanta. Safe to say all dogs out there need to be big M-I-Z. I'm not. Z-O-U? I guess we don't play them anymore. We already beat them. Yeah, so Z-O-U. We'll go with yeah. it. Yeah. Mizzou fans where, 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 this where, where, week. Where, is it on a Mizzou pod, Charlie? Um, oh, but this week we are, right? We are. Yes, of course. Do it again. Do it again. Let's do it. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. You clearly were not listening. No, I was. I was. I'm I'm trying to do things. Over. I'm, I'm trying to mark where we're supposed to put ads in. Charlie, All right. I run. I got things going on over here, right? Uh-huh. Well, I'm a little nervous that Luther Burden's status for this game yep, is yep, up yep, in the yep. air. So that gives me pause about putting it on my card. But this is basically a pick em with Tennessee, the one-point road favorite with the point total set at 57. I'm not putting this on my card. Do you have a pick in this? No, Charlie. I was all set to jump in on Mizzou because I do feel like Mizzou is at the very least the equal of Tennessee. Get the game at home. Still have a shot to be a a 10-win team. That's not something Mizzou does very often. I mean, actually, I wonder how many times you need to look that up. How many times has Mizzou won 10 games in their school's history? 
You look that up for me, Charles. See if you can find that. I'm just curious. But they have a chance to do something they don't do very often. I got it. They have six 10-win seasons. Charlie, that was incredibly fast. Did you have that on top of your head? Did you actually look that up? I did look it up, yeah. It's incredibly fast. Well done. Well done, Charlie. This is what we have. The start of the podcast. Living up to your reputation. All right. Six 10-win seasons in the history of the program. Over 100 years, I'm sure. Something like that. So that's not something they do very often. So this is a, a, still a opportunity for them to get to that point. And I think they're going to be motivated. I know they, they obviously... Losing last week knocks him out of the SEC East race. Okay, so there there is that. That's a little bit of a blow. But the, the you're right, Charlie. The burden thing is what concerns me because that, that made me back off because Luther Burden is one of the best receivers, not just in the SEC, in the entire country. He's explosive. I know that we were able to hold him in relatively in check minus that big touchdown in the first quarter. But he is a dynamic threat. But I just don't know without him in the game. I think they have some good receivers that complement him. But if he does it, he might play. But if he doesn't, the uncertainty there, I don't know if the other receivers they have are like lead guys. They're not. They've never been lead guys in their entire life. They, they just really work well off of Luther Burden when he's getting all that attention. So that does give me some concern there. I definitely want Missouri to win this game. You're right, Charlie. M-I-Z-Z-O-U. Let's go. Tennessee sucks. No. I want to, I mean, look, I want to beat Tennessee regardless, but just let's go ahead and clinch. Just not to worry about it and get that thing done. But I, I just don't know. Tennessee is playing better. They were not a particularly good football team earlier in the year, but they're getting better. They just, they've just they realized what they are, which is they run the football. They're leading the, the SEC in rushing by a pretty good margin. They don't even throw the football all that much anymore because that's just Joe Milton, like we told you in the offseason. He's just not good. He's just not a good, efficient passer. And to their credit, they've, they've kind of figured that out and leaned on that. Now, Missouri's going to play them very aggressively like the way they played us. And I do find this interesting, though, because I think, I think Missouri's going to be able to somewhat slow down their rushing attack like they did with ours. And with Tennessee's issues really hitting explosive plays in the past game, like they were doing that at, with ease last year, which is why they murdered Missouri last year. But they don't really do that this year. They don't have the personal receiver. They don't have the quarterback to do that. So I don't know if Tennessee's going to be able to make Missouri pay for that. If they do, they win the football game. But if they don't, I think Missouri can do enough to win this game at home. But I'm staying away from him. I'm staying away from him because the burden stuff, I think he is that big of a, of a factor. I think he's that big of a difference maker. I do think that Missouri has the better quarterback, but again, without burden, I just, I uh, know, staying away, staying away from that one. All right. I went back and forth as to whether or not we should have this game on our featured slate, but the line is close enough and it is an interesting enough matchup, so we'll allow it. Alabama is making the rare trip to Lexington, their first since 2013 and only their third trip to the Bluegrass State this century. The Tide are obviously coming off the big victory against LSU last week and can wrap up a spot in Atlanta with a win over the Wildcats. Kentucky has quietly been getting back on track since the beatdown in Athens. They lost to Tennessee a few weeks back, but had a chance to win that one late. This is a bit of a weird spot for the Tide, but they are still the 11-point road favorite with a point total set only at... 47. I am going to put this one on my card. I'm taking Bama minus 11. I think if you had to pick a side, that's the side to go with here. Because I, I was, I'll be real with y'all. I was wrong on Kentucky. They're not going to win 10 games. I think I had them 10 and 2 in the preseason. And that was me taking a shot. I told you the time. That was me taking a flyer on Kentucky. They're obviously not going to get to 10 and 2. We know that. I think probably like 8 and 4 is what we're looking at. But I do think this is a game that they can keep. Within reason, Charlie, and there's a couple reasons for that. I think defensively, Kentucky's not as good defensively as I thought that they would be. They're really not playing up to the level of their personnel, but they stop. They can. They have the personnel to stop the run. And what does Alabama do? They run the freaking football. I don't. 
I know that that Milrow has the great arm. He can throw the ball vertically. They have guys running wide open, but but they have a pretty strong secondary at Kentucky. Like Harrison is one of the best corners in the country. Now that doesn't mean there's not going to be some busts and those kind of things. And that's really what Milrow exploits. And guys just running wide the heck open. But if Kentucky can just stay sound against the run and somewhat limit their ability to run. Is Milrow good enough to just run away with this game? I don't know. Now, the flip side is, can Kentucky score? That's That would be my concern. That's why I, I'm, I'm with you. If I had to lean one way, I'd still lean Bama here because I just don't know if Kentucky's going to be able to score against that Alabama defense. But this is an interesting spot, as you said, for Alabama coming off the LSU win. Letdown potential? Maybe. It's a huge game for Kentucky. They never get Alabama, as you laid out. They never get Alabama at home. So I think there's a world where... Kentucky covers, I think it's a very long, obviously a very long shot for them to win the game. I don't expect that to happen, but I think they could cover. So I'm going to stay away from, I think that they can do enough to slow down the Alabama offense, the run game to keep the game within reason. I don't expect them to score a lot. I expect, I see why the point total is low because, you know, Kentucky's not going to score on Alabama and Alabama just struggles to score really on anybody, especially a team like Kentucky who's good on defense. It's at home. I, it would help Kentucky if this game was at night, but I think it's a noon kickoff, so that doesn't really help them all that much. So I'm just going to stay away from it, Charlie. I think if I had to pick a side, I would go with you, but I think Kentucky's good enough, and I think Alabama has deficiencies enough on offense to keep this within within range. Okay, two more games on this week's slate, and then it's open season. The biggest game outside of the SEC footprint this week will take place in Happy Valley as Penn State hosts Michigan in a big top 10 matchup. I'm assuming this is the Fox this game is the big, of the week. The big noon kickoff. All right, so yeah, noon. That's not a great time for Penn State. this. This would in the previous years before the advent of big noon kickoff, this would be a wideout game. Exactly. But now they, they have to basically use like third tier games for wideout games. All right. We all know the controversy that has been swirling around the Michigan program for the past few weeks, and you have to wonder if this is the week that it catches up with them. Penn State has been consistently good under James Franklin. Ugh. But they just haven't been able to get over the Michigan-Ohio State hump the past few seasons, going 0-4 and four against the Buckeyes and the Wolverines over the past two seasons. So, Tyler, is this the game that the Nittany Lions finally reversed their fortunes against the top tier of the Big Ten? It is not, Charlie. It is not happening for the Nits this week. It's just not going to happen. So, I'm actually, this is the first one I'm going to put on my card, right? I don't think I have one on my card. Yes, give me... Michigan, I'm trying to find it here on my in my notes. Yes, give me Michigan minus four and a half at Penn State. Yeah, it's at Penn State, big stadium. Who freaking cares? Michigan's just the better football team here. Like when it's a, a noon kickoff, Charlie, I mean, yeah, I'm not saying the crowd can't be a factor, but it's not as much of a factor as if it was a night whiteout game. It's just not going to be. The Penn State offense has been, oh, I don't know, shall we say challenged this year? They're not good. They have these really hyped running backs and Katron Allen and Nick Singleton, both highly rated guys, especially Singleton was like a top 10 guy coming to high school. They just haven't been all that productive. I mean, Singleton's averaging under five yards a rush, guys. They just they haven't been gotten going much. And that's kind of been a, a theme for Penn State's offenses the past couple years. They just don't run the ball well. And I know they, they're supposed to have this great offensive line, Olu Fashanu, however you say his name, at left tackle. He's been okay. He hasn't he didn't look like a first-round draft pick most of the season. And Drew Oller, this guy that everyone was in love with in the offseason, I'm sitting here saying, why? Like, okay, I know he's a highly rated guy, but what have you seen from him? He played a good, decent amount last year and didn't impress at all when he was out there. And yeah, sure enough, he's been like average as grits, man. He just hadn't been all that good. And you're expecting that offense, who has struggled for the past month and a half or so, really all season, 
to go up against the best defense they face all of a sudden find themselves? No, 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 no. It's not happening. Michigan's better. Yes, Penn State's defense is good, but Michigan, guys, I mean, look, I don't like him. I don't want him to be the case. J.J. McCarthy's probably going to win the Heisman Trophy, and for good reason. He has improved dramatically. Last year, he was really good off of play action and was very, very bad in the drop-back pass game. This year, it's different. He's still really good off play action, but in the drop-back pass game, he has improved dramatically. Their running game has not been as dynamic as it was last year, but McCarthy has made up for that. He's compensated for that with his improved play at the quarterback position, which we all know is the most important position on the field. Yeah, I know the controversy has been swirling, but in, in some ways, it's like that might be good for Michigan. Like, it's like it's an us-against-the-world mentality, backs-against-the-wall, we come out swinging. So I expect the Wolverines to go in and win this football game. Penn State, yeah, they're good enough to win. If somebody wanted to pick Penn State, I'm not going to fight you on it too much. But I do think this is a game that Michigan comes into. I think they're going to flex a little bit on the Nittany Lions. I just don't think Penn State can score. They've only gone over 400 yards on offense four times this year, guys. 400 yards four times. That's it. That's not an, that's not an offense that's good enough to beat Michigan. It's just not. So give me Michigan. I, I, I hate the hook. I do not like the hook. But I still think Michigan's good enough to win this game by a touchdown. So give me the Wolverines minus four and a half. One more game out west. Washington hosts Utah in their final big test of the regular season. Yes, Washington beat Oregon a few weeks back. But if you haven't been paying attention to the Huskies since then, it hasn't exactly been pretty. Yes, they won in the Coliseum last week. But they struggled against Stanford and Arizona State and just don't seem to be the same team we saw against the Ducks. But the Huskies are still undefeated, so they enter this game as the nine-point home favorite with a point total set at 50, which seems kind of low for a Washington game with all of their offensive weapons. But I guess if you factor in the Utah defense and their offensive issues, it makes more sense. Yeah, I think it does if you, if you think about the big picture here. Do you have a play on this one? I do not. All right, I do actually. Give me the Utes, baby. Now, maybe this is Tyler who has a ticket for Utah to go over eight and a half wins. Maybe that's that version of Tyler talking here. But this is an interesting matchup, Charlie. This is the number one passing offense in the Pac-12 versus the number one passing defense. This is really the best offense in the Pac-12 versus the best defense in the Pac-12. But this is the type of game that Utah screws around and finds a way to win. When they face, like it's like the USC. Now I know that Washington is better than USC this year, but go back to last year. Washington's about the equivalent-ish of what USC was last year, maybe a little bit better. I don't know, maybe. But it's a high-powered offense with a below-average defense. And when Utah goes up against teams like that, where no one expects them to win the game because it's poor little Utah, they don't have much firepower, they're outmanned. They find a way to win these games because what they do is they lean on their defense, they run the football, they control the clock, they force turnovers, and they win the freaking game. And yeah, Charlie, you're right. Washington has been very underwhelming the past couple weeks. I mean, they they were down most of the game against Arizona State. They won that game 15-7. They won that game without an offensive touchdown. This high-powered Washington offense at home, by the way, mind you, I know it's the week after Oregon, but they won that game 15-7 without scoring an offensive touchdown. That was Arizona freaking state. You're telling me Utah can come in and keep that offense in check? I don't know, man. Number one passing defense in the Pac-12, one of the best in the entire country. And Washington doesn't really run the ball all that well. Yes, they ran all over USC last week because USC is a train wreck on defense. They fired the defense coordinator. Alex Grinch is gone. But Washington a lot of times doesn't even try to run the football. They don't. USC is just so bad. Like, yeah, why not? We're getting like 10 yards of carry. Let's just keep running the football. Why not? But Utah, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I think Utah's defense can keep this game close. What it comes down to for me is, can the Utah offense not turn the ball over? If they, Because I think that they can run the ball on Washington. They run the ball really well. I know like Cam Rising's not going to play this year. Bryson Barnes is the guy. They're getting healthier on that side of the ball. Barnes is getting more experience. I think Utah, 
I think they can win the game, but I, th- I definitely think they can keep this within that spread. So yeah, give me the Utes plus nine. This is just the kind of game where Utah comes out and kind of inexplicably finds a way to either keep it close or just straight up win the football game. All right. Do you want to take a break before we get into all the other picks? Charlie, I think that's a fantastic idea. Let's talk about our great friends at Alumni Hall. Charlie, you said at the outset of the show, it's going to be cold, maybe potentially rainy this week. So if you need that cold weather gear, if you need the rain gear, the ponchos, right? Everybody needs a poncho. If the weather is even a possibility of being rainy, where do you go, Charlie? Alumni Hall. You go to Alumni Hall. It's a no-brainer, guys. They're the best selection in Georgia that you will find anywhere. Yes, if you need ponchos, they have a whole big bucket of them, guys. They're just in there earlier this week. They're just sitting there ready for y'all. If you need them, just get them to be safe. They're like five bucks. It's easy. It's cheap. You might not need them this week. Hopefully, you don't need them this week, but you're probably going to need them at some point. So stop in. Get those. While you're in, you're not going to help but be able to look around and see all these great things they've got. They've got Q-zips. They've got hoodies. They've got full zips. They've got men's selection, women's selection, all the brands you want, hats, whatever you want. They've got it for you guys. It's a Georgia fans paradise. So make sure you stop in today inside the Edgebridge Shopping Center or, you know, maybe on your way into town if you're coming to the game on Saturday. Uh, Edgebridge Shopping Center right off the Acuna Connector past 316. Or if you're not able to come into town, it's all good. They've got all the same great stuff online at alumnihall.com because Alumni Hall is where the Bulldogs shop, baby. Ah, hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Now it is open season. Where would you like to start? I have one, two, three, four, five, six games left. Six games. Oh, okay, left. Okay, so you have seven this week. Eight. Eight. Okay, two. That's right. You have Bammy and Michigan. All right, man, Charlie, you're going for it this week. Let's go. All right, you got eight. Why don't you? Why don't you? Start us off here, Charlie. Where would you like to start? Uh, wherever you want. You just you pick, and I'll I'll All right, adjust. Let's, let's start with a two p.m. game, Arizona. At Colorado. It's Colorado. I mean, I just don't want them to win or cover. And Arizona. So this is a heart play? Well, isn't it always? Uh, Arizona, mm. they're looking pretty good this year. Arizona's legit. Um, Yeah, minus 10. I think that they can cover. They're, I mean. North Afita, quarterback, the new the freshman, playing lights out. And is Sanders playing at quarterback? I mean, he's looks like he's going to play, but he's just – you see him out there, and it's like he's gun-shy now. Like, he just – Well, he has he, nobody he, to well, protect he just, him. Like, even when there's not pressure, he just feels the, – the, he sees the ghost because he's, he's been g- getting killed all year, so he just doesn't even sit in the pocket anymore. Right. Yeah, he's, so – and it, can he run around? Uh, I don't know. He's not even that mobile of a guy anyway. Right. So, yeah, I am definitely taking Arizona minus 10. Charlie, I love it. Way to start this off because I also have – the Arizona Wildcats minus 10 at Colorado. You said it, Charlie. Arizona's a legitimately good football team. And you also said it. Colorado cannot protect Shadur Sanders. It's bad, guys. It's 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 so bad. If you haven't been watching Colorado, it's so bad. Their offense literally cannot function the majority of the time. Like they cannot even get plays off. It's so bad. Well, and let's not mention that he demoted. Yeah, the Sean Lewis, offensive coordinator, and like it's the same thing. And then he was asked this week, "Hey, are you still sticking with the same situation, offensive coordinator?" And he got really defensive, like, "How dare you ask that question?" It's like, "Well, no, Dion, that's a perfectly fair question." So yes, 
absolutely sign me up for this one. Put it on the card. Arizona minus 10. It's a really good football team. They have some explosive playmakers, which is why I'm also taking Arizona over 31, Charlie. Put that on the card. This is a two-for-one special. Colorado's dead last, guys. Dead last in total defense in the Pac-12. They're also giving up 33.5 points per game. You're telling me Arizona can't score 31. I know it's at Colorado. Who cares? Noah Fafita at quarterback has been a revelation for them. He's changed things. He's not turned the ball over the way that Jaden Deloria was. Chatori McMillan is one of the most underrated receivers in the country. Jacob Cowan is a really, really good possession receiver. He's a versatile guy for them. They have a really good one-two punch at the running back position. This is a good football team and a really good offense. Jed Fish is a really good offensive coach. Arizona is going to score more than 31 points as Colorado. I feel great about that. So give me not only the Wildcats minus 10, give me Arizona over 31 a little two for one special to start us off here today charlie all right so staying out in the pack 12 i'm gonna go to oregon hosting usc this is a night game the ducks are favored by 15 usc caleb williams i mean have ugh. they quit if i was coordinator caleb, you see caleb williams bawling yeah at the game i being like just like comforted oh my god it's okay Caleb it's okay Lincoln Riley and his defense and just oh god it's awful so yeah definitely taking Oregon Bo Nix Dan Lanning minus 15 in this one major quit factor here now they could come out and say backs against the wall like we're going to respond in a one game setting but I don't know if that's what this U.S. team is made of so I think that's a good picture like major quit factor I'm going to stay away from it because Caleb Williams is always dangerous there but I do like that side all right so I'm going to go back to the SEC here, Charlie. I'm going to go back to the top of card. I don't think I have any more Pac. Yeah, no more Pac-12 plays for me. I'm going to go back to the SEC. Give me Arkansas minus two and a half at home against Auburn. Arkansas, God, jeez. You, we know, we all know. It's well documented. My frustration with Arkansas, yes. I had a win total on them to go over six and a half for the second straight year. It did not work out. I put my faith in them again. And I'm very frustrated it did not work out because it was the offense coordinator who was the problem. They had the personnel. They're actually so much better than they were last year. They've come so close to beating good teams. They almost beat Alabama. They almost beat LSU. They almost beat Ole Miss. But you know what? They didn't win any of those games. They could have, should have maybe, but didn't. But then they went to Florida last week when I didn't need them to win anymore. And I was actually betting against them because I had a really just spite more than anything. And they found themselves. What they did is they decided, oh, we have this big 375-pound quarterback named KJ Jefferson who is a really good physical runner. Maybe we should actually, I don't know, run him, which is what made him good in the first place. Danny Nost, our office coordinator, most of the year before getting fired during the bye week, would just kind of refuse to run him. And I, that's, that is a big part of why I bet on him in the preseason. Use his legs. That's what KJ Jefferson does. I fear Danny Nost would continue what Kendall Bras had been doing for a couple of years. I was wrong. Danny Nos was arrogant and, and, and just a fool. He just did not know what he was doing, KJ Jefferson. And so what do they do? They go back to the roots and they run KJ Jefferson 17 times for 92 yards. It also helped that Raheem Sanders, one of the best running backs in the SEC, made his return. He's been out most of the year. And they ran all over Florida. They ran all over the Gators. And Arkansas was terrible on defense a year ago. They've been playing really good defense all year. That's been the frustrating part for me because I expected their offense to be so much better this year. I thought their defense would be improved, but maybe still not elite. The defense is not elite, but it is a really a much better defense. And offensively, it's just been a train wreck. But they found themselves 39 points against Florida last week on the road in the swamp. I think the vibes are back. Sam's down in the Miller Lights. He's feeling good, baby, watching games, just knocking them back. There's still a chance, an outside chance for Arkansas to get to a bowl. Auburn is, I mean, Auburn's decent. They're okay. I don't, I don't know that this is a game that Auburn's going to go on the road and, to, and win when Arkansas has kind of figured out what they need to be doing offensively. Arkansas doesn't beat Auburn very often. This is a chance for them to do so. So, yeah, give me the Hogs minus 2.5 at home against the Tigers. 
All right. Do you have anything else in the SEC while you're there? That's it for me. That's it. Okay. Where would you like to go next? I got a bunch of ACC picks. You got any of those? Oh, wait. I do have an SEC pick. Right, go sorry. with it. Go it's with in it. in the bottom corner. So. Just for the record here, Charlie, can you explain to everyone what you are looking at when you say bottom corner? Uh, my sticky note. You have a pink sticky note that has a lot of things crossed out, some things written in, scribbled in, uh, front and back to... Um, yeah, this is a high-class operation here, guys. I cross, I write my picks on my sticky note, and mm-hmm. then I cross them out when I talk about It's a great them system. And add them to the spreadsheet. What a system. You got a spreadsheet? I don't want to hear any I, I'm not. I'm, I, this is no complaint. I just wanted to give everyone a visual of what's happening here. Okay, well, in the bottom right-hand corner of my sticky note, Florida is going to LSU. It is a night game. Florida is a 15-point road dog here, obviously. I still can't believe they lost Arkansas home. Oh, my God. I know, but is Jaden Daniels playing? We don't know. And if he does play, what is the health situation? Going against my better judgment. This is a this is the best offense in the country, Charlie. We're talking about LSU. I know. So maybe I should. No, 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 no. I card. mean, Jaden Daniels might not play. If he doesn't play, then I mean, Garrett Nussmeyer is not bad, but he's not Jaden Daniels. All right. I no. Never mind. They, they also have like the worst defense in the SEC. There's that too. Well, right. So go with it. Go with your gut. I'm don't, I'm not trying to talk you out of it. Go. I don't know. Do I your thing, like Charlie. I just like to have something for the night game. Okay, fair enough. Go with it. Even though we're going to be it. at the game. Go with it. And I won't get to watch it until Sunday. Just DVR like me. Watch it all week. I love that you say DVR. Yes, yeah, DVR. Well, no, I guess you It's not DVR. I don't, it is DVR. It's not DVR. It's it streaming. Is. It's, it's not. There's no It's a cloud DVR. There, okay. YouTube TV, cloud DVR is what they advertise. Okay, so now... You don't have a box that it records. It's I'm not, not. I didn't say TiVo. Right, but I said DVR. It's DVR. DVR. It's a cloud DVR. TV is just TiVo is just a brand of a DVR. Well, you need to tell Google because anyway. that's what they call it. All right, because I wrote it down, I'm gonna take Florida plus 15 just to have something for interest. Let's go, Charlie. You know we always gotta have a pick like that. I actually I'm doing that a little bit later. I have a play. Uh, actually, let's do it right now. So I have a similar play here, Charlie. So. There's this Thursday night. There's a game tonight. I'm gonna watch as soon as we get out of here. Louisville playing Virginia. I w- I'm gonna take Louisville over 33 team total here. Virginia's dead last in scoring defense. Louisville's averaging 30 and a half points. I'm sorry, they're giving up. Th- Virginia's giving up 30 and a half points per game. Louisville is averaging 31 points per game versus conference opponents. I think Louisville is a really good football team, guys. They have a couple big-time playmakers on offense. Jawar Jordan's a really good running back. Uh, I really, really like Jamari Thrash, who's actually transferred from Georgia State, a receiver, really dynamic option there. And this is a Jeff Brom offense. Jeff Brom is one of the better offensive coaches in the country, guys, and he's turned it around in one year at Louisville. So, yeah, give me the Cardinals over 33. Now, is this a little bit of me just wanting to have some juice on a game on a Thursday night? Yeah, maybe a little bit, but I still like it. I think Louisville's going to go over 33. I think they score 35-plus in this game against Virginia. So, yeah, I like that one, Charlie. What else you got in the ACC? In the ACC, Miami is playing at FSU. All right, FSU is just out of the four. Right? No, no they FSU are four. is number four. They are four. Washington is just outside of the four. But I kind of want FSU to not be there in case something. Oh, we need happens. FSU to lose. That's what I'm saying. Yes. So I'm not sure Miami can win, but I'm going to pick them to cover the spread, which is 14. Charlie, I think you're onto something here because I also have Miami. You need to be a Hurricane fan this weekend, people. Well, I don't know if it's need to yet because we haven't lost a game, but we need to prepare for the possibility that, who knows, maybe we drop a game. Maybe we drop, if we get to the SEC Championship game, knock on wood, maybe we drop that game. Hopefully not. We shouldn't. I think we're better than Alabama, but 
You know, it's it's certainly within the realm of possibility we drop that game. And if you look around the college football landscape, you say, okay, well, what would be our path of getting in as a one-loss non-conference champion? We need some of these other teams to lose, like Florida State. So, yes, Charlie, I'm with you. Let's just go ahead and uh, just for argument's sake, let's be some Hurricanes this week. I like this, Charlie. I know how bad Miami looked last week against NC State. I know because I watched the game. I didn't just look at the scoreboard. I didn't just look at the the box score. I watched the game. I know how bad they looked. Guys, this is a classic Miami team. I've watched them multiple times this year. They get up for big games, and they don't show up for games that aren't aren't hyped. That's just what Miami does, right? That's what the town of Miami is, right? That's what their fans are. That's what their team is. That's just what Miami is. But you know what? This is a big game. And they are going to show up. You're going to get a, the best version of Miami, at least a better version of Miami than you got last week against NC State. And if you look at the yardage margin with Florida State and Miami, they are essentially even. They're both basically at plus 1,100 yards on the year. Florida State, I know they're undefeated. They haven't been overwhelmingly dominant. They haven't at really any point this year. And they're banged up right now. It looks like they missed they had their two top receivers, Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman, out last week. It looks like Wilson has been practicing. Is he going to play? We're not sure yet. Coleman's still very much up in the air. So even if they play, maybe they're not fully healthy. I don't know the situation there. But they did not look good last week without those guys. I mean, they struggled last week. And again, they should not have struggled with him at all, at all. So I think Miami, I'm with you, Charlie. I think they have in them to go in and keep this game close to push FSU. So give me the Hurricanes plus 14. All right, Charlie, I see you looking at me here, kind of doing the, the hurry up thing with your hands, saying just keep going here. Yes, I do have a couple more ACC plays. You don't need to hurry up. I just told. I think you were saying you keep going, keep I going. Only I have I, two yes. picks left. Yes. Okay. I'm gonna keep going here. All right. So I got another two for one special here for you, Charlie. In the ACC, give me NC State minus two and a half at Wake Forest. Brennan Armstrong, the Ginger Ninja, is back in the saddle at the quarterback position for NC State after being benched earlier in the year in favor of Micah Morris. Have you seen this story, Charlie? This quarterback situation, in NC State. No, I'm a little out on this one. Update me. Okay, so they benched Brent Armstrong, who was the big transfer, the guy they got from Virginia last year. He didn't, it didn't really translate to the new team at NC State, and they brought in this guy who was going to be the future for them at quarterback. His name's MJ Moore, MJ Morris, and they told him he's actually a Georgia guy. And they were going to, they said, "Hey man, we're going to redshirt you this year." Well, Armstrong wasn't working out, so they benched him. They brought in Morris about halfway through the year, and they won a couple games. I think they have three and one since Morris got brought in. But the thing is, he hasn't been really good. But they've been winning games. So he was still going to be the starter. But he came to the coaches this week, Charlie, after they beat Miami last week. Morris came to the coaches and said, hey, coach, I don't want to play anymore this year. I want you to redshirt me. Hmm. What do you make of it? Because he wants to say, I want to preserve my redshirt. So and basically his dad is talking for him in the media saying, yeah, my son's going to pre- preserve his redshirt. And it's like, what? I mean, you kind of can't blame him now with all this NIL stuff that's allowed. It, it's just creating. It's an, oh, man. I don't. It's creating It's an another, ultimate me-me play. Like, yes. your team needs you, and you're going to say, nah, man, I want a red shirt. Like, I get, like, intellectually where you're going, why you would want to do that. But you're right. This is NIL. He's not coming back to NC State, right? There's no way that you can come back and be that team's quarterback. Like, if you play for NC State and he wants to come back and be your quarterback next year, do you trust this guy? Do you rally around him? No. No way. He's transferring. That's exactly what's happening here. And I, I mean, I, I, I guess if you want to transfer, that's fine. That's what we do. But to sit there and say, Coach, I'm just not playing anymore this year, I don't know if I've ever heard that, man. That's insane. But you're right, Charlie. It's the age we live in. I guess I'm, I'm old, man. I'm old. I'm old. We're old, Charlie, right? I this think is... you're going to start to see that happen more often. I know. And I hate it. I hate it. And I know some of you are probably saying, there's nothing wrong with that. And that's fine. I just, I'm an old man now. And I just, I am that guy now. But here's the thing with this game. Brent Armstrong did struggle somewhat earlier in the year. He's, he's never, he wasn't a great passer. He's, he's a good runner. And 
I am actually happy for him because apparently, from all accounts, he handled it really well. I mean, guy transfers in as a high-profile transfer and he gets benched. I mean, that's tough to handle in your final year in college. But you got to believe this team's rallied around him. The way he's handled it coming back in, they're going to rally around him. And I don't think Wake has any playmakers at all on offense this year. It's not the same Wake offense we've seen the past couple years. And this is the best NC State defense that Wake Forest has seen this year. In Wake, I know it's at Wake. There's zero home field advantage there. NC State is rounding into form. I know MJ Morris thing. It's weird. He hasn't been playing. With, he, he is not the reason they have been winning. Their defense is the reason they've been winning. So I'm taking NC State minus two and a half here on the road. I'm also going to take Wake under 21, guys. Wake really struggles to score, man. They're averaging 16 and a half points over their last six games. That is not going to cut it against the best defense that they face. So yes, give me NC State minus two and a half. Wake Force under 21. Another two for one special here for you, Charlie. All right, keep it moving. Me? All right, I'm gonna keep this. Moving. I got a couple more. Let me get. Let me make sure I'm gonna get rid of these. I don't want to repeat myself. Right, I'm gonna go to the Big Twelve. I got a couple Big Twelve plays here. Give me my third two for one special of the week, Charlie. In the Big Twelve, give me Oklahoma State minus two and a half at Central Florida. If you don't know Ollie Gordon, get to know this guy. He is the best running back in the country. He's averaging 200 yards rushing per game over the last five games, guys. So this is almost like half a season we're talking about here. He is the nation's leading rusher by a mile, and that's even despite the fact he only got 19 carries combined over the first three games. He's already got over 1,200 yards and had 19 carries over the first three games. That's crazy. This guy has been phenomenal, unstoppable. And you know what? Oklahoma State this week just happens to be playing the worst rush defense in the entire Big 12 in the Central Florida Knights. UCF can run the ball themselves. UCF's been a really frustrating team for me this year because I've watched them like, dude, Dick, you're offensively, you have a lot of playmakers. You're really good on offense. But they, they have a propensity for making catastrophic mistakes and turning the ball over in just weird, strange ways. And they can't stop a soul. You can run all over this team. And with Oklahoma State and Ollie Gordon averaging 200 yards rushing per game, Absolutely. I know it's at the bounce house in Orlando. I don't care. Oklahoma State has Big 12 title aspirations right now. They're, they have their sights set on getting that game and winning it and getting into the New Year's Six. So give me Oklahoma State minus two and a half more to play for. UCF to get their first Big 12 win last week, but that was against Cincinnati. They have not really been competitive in most of the games outside of Baylor, who's terrible, and most of the games against the uh, existing Big 12 teams coming into this year. So give me the, the Pokes minus two and a half. And also, Give me the Pokes, Oklahoma State, over 33. They've been averaging 40 points per game over the last four. Again, the matchup here, UCF, worst rushing defense in the Big 12. Oklahoma State running all over people. Give me the Pokes, over 33. All right, well, thank you for that in-depth explanation of why you're picking Oklahoma State. Oh, and by the way, Props to Oklahoma State. Appreciate you guys. Love you guys. That's my first win total that hit of the season. Went over, I had them over six and a half. They hit seven with their win over Oklahoma last week. Let's go. Money in the bank. Good job. Congratulations. I, too, am adding Oklahoma State minus two at UCF to my card. I agree. Go Pokes. Go Pokes. Go Pokes. All right. I have two more. How many do you have? Just one. Just one. All right. I'm going to go one here, and I'll turn it right back over to you. I got another Big 12 play. I This one... I went back and forth on, so I don't I don't love this one, but I'm gonna keep it on the card. Give me Kansas at home minus three against Texas Tech. I think Kansas has more ways to score. Texas Tech does run the ball really well. Baron Morton now their backup quarterback. He's he was hurt, you know, he's back. He's still he's getting better. 
he's still not a guy I trust in the quarterback position. I know Kansas doesn't have like a like crazy home field edge, but Kansas at home with the way they're able to run the ball, throw the football with efficiency and with explosiveness, I like Kansas to find a way. I think it's going to be a very high scoring game. I consider the over here, but it was a little too rich for my blood. But give me Kansas at home. Uh, give me the, uh, the Jayhawks minus three, Charlie. What do you got? All right, my last pick is James Madison playing at UConn. Charlie's got her own G5 special. All right, James Madison, they've been playing really well this year. Do you think that James Madison should be allowed? Absolutely. Yes, 100%. It's insane if they're like, I don't think somebody's going to say, well, what about the other teams? I don't care. James Madison has met every criteria. They're in the process of meeting all those criteria. They're the they're the best team in the G five right now. If they aren't allowed to potentially play in the New Year New Year six, that is a travesty. Yeah, it is absurd. So UConn, I mean, it's oh my god, what happened? I mean, they were terrible and they made a bowl last year, and now they're back to being terrible. just terrible. Yeah. So I am taking James Madison minus twenty five and a half against UConn. I don't hate that one, Charlie. UConn has been epic levels of bad this year. They got one win. I think that I don't know, they beat a. a FCS team, I think they beat. Yeah, it's been bad for them. All right, I got my G5 play of the week here too, Charlie. Give me UNLV. Give me the Rebs. Minus five against Wyoming. There might not be a Rebels team that's going to win here in Athens this weekend. At least, hopefully not. But there is a Rebels team that's going to win out in Vegas. The UNLV is a really good football team, guys. Yes, they lost a couple weeks ago to Fresno State. It's a tight game. God, I thought they had that one. It's a really good football team. Barry Odom coming in there has done a really great job this year. Wyoming has been solid this year. I mean, they got to win over Texas Tech at home in week one, which was a little bit surprising. But they really struggled to move the football. I don't think they can keep pace with UNLV. I think UNLV is just a better football team. It's at home. So give me the Rebs minus five as my G5 play of the week, Charlie. All right, we've got some parlays. Oh, wow. You don't have as many plays as you normally do. I mean, I got, I got a lot. 11. No, I got more than that. Did you miss something? No, I did not. You had 11. Okay, maybe I did. I don't know. I'll go back and double check not, that. Not 17. I'm going to double check that, Matt. I didn't want to know. I had a lot last week. Yeah. All right. My parlay it has four legs for plus 205. It includes South Carolina over Vandy, Clemson over Georgia Tech, Washington over Utah, and Arkansas over Auburn. All right, I like that one, Charlie. Uh, let me see here. So it's been one leg, two weeks in a row. One leg that's gotten me. But you know what, Charlie? And it happening this week. I'm playing a little bit more conservatively here, but I still like it. I've got Michigan, which is obviously, that's the one's a little bit riskier, but I like Michigan. I really do. I like them to win that game. I mean, Michigan, Arizona, Oklahoma, LSU, all in the money line, plus 164. Charlie, I... I have it here that I have 13 plays. So let's let's read this off and make sure you've got them all real quick. Sorry, guys. I know this is terrible podcasting. Arkansas minus two and a half. Do we have that? Yes. Louisville over 33. Yes. NC State minus two and a half. NC State. Yes. Wake under 21. Ooh, no. Oh. I don't think you talked about I that. I did talk about Yes, I did, Charlie. I said it was my two for one special. There we go. See, this is this is what I'm dealing with, guys. Start the podcast, though. We love her. We love her. Wake under 21. That's all good, Charlie. Wake under 21. Miami plus 14. We got that one. Miami plus 14. Miami plus 14. Miami I plus Remember 14. I was agreeing with you. I was saying, oh, Charlie, I like that pick because I have it too. Remember that whole conversation we had? I do remember that. I just uh, I, got I see the that. issue here, Charlie. Guys, I'm going I'm to let you know a little secret. I see what's on your screen, Charlie. You, I, do you want me to out you or do you want to out yourself? Tell everybody what's going on I'm here, please. playing a little game. And what game are you playing? Not Candy Crush. No. Oregon Trail? The Oregon Trail. What? Uh, a friend challenged me. We started talking about how we played when we were kids, and I don't remember ever being able to make it to Oregon, so I was trying to make it to Oregon. I 
I, I don't have words. Okay, Oregon Trail. All right, cool. I've lost two people, two wagon wheels. Um, uh-huh. Someone's been bitten mm-hmm. by a snake. Oh, man, it's tough. Um, mm. Jed has broken his leg twice. Oh, or poor Jed. At least he's dead. Jed's, legs. Jed's no, done. Jed's it, done. Apparently, he's fine now. Jed's not making it to, to Oregon when he's got two broken legs. But now Mary has a broken leg. Uh, they're done, Charlie. Okay, anyway, that's what Charlie. That, that's why, Charlie. So, does that make 13 now? Are we good? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Guys, this nine, is this is what I'm dealing with. This is unbelievable. Thirteen. This yeah. is unbelievable. All right, thirteen. All right, all right. We're gonna we're gonna call that even. Okay. So you got my parlay. Do we have that? Do I need to read I that do. one again? Michigan, Arizona, Jeez. OU, LSU plus one. Yes, thank you, Charlie. Start the podcast. All right, upset specials. You wanna go? I am going to go with and you have this in your picks. Well, it's not in your picks, but you talked about Kansas and Texas Tech. I am taking Texas Tech over Kansas on Saturday. I actually Think that's a solid pick. I, I do. I mean, I got Kansas in my card, but I wouldn't in, be insane if Texas Tech finds a way. Actually, that would be not shocking at all. All right, I am going big on my upset specials. This is what I'm talking about, guys. I know my my, my upset special record isn't like particularly great this year, but I'm going big this week, guys, because I I think there's some big time upset potential in a couple of these big time games. Give me Utah over Washington outright. Again, this is just the kind of game that Utah inexplicably finds a way to win. These teams that they play, like, they got matchups against teams that are really good on offense, really hype, but just struggle on defense. Utah finds a way, man. It's a good matchup for Utah, and Washington hasn't been playing that well. And my second upset special, you said you had them to cover, Charlie, but you don't think they can win the game. I am going to have to disagree with you. I think they can win the football game. Give me Miami over Florida State. Miami is a front-running team. When the matchup is huge, Miami shows up. They are fully capable of beating Florida State. Now, will they? I, I mean, probably not, but if I'm going to spring a little cash out there on the money line and try to win big like I did against with Georgia Tech and Miami earlier in the year, this is the kind of game Miami shows up in. So let's, let's take a little shot there, a little stab in the dark. Give me Miami over Florida State. All right, you want to read them? Yes, let's go over. I will read mine, and then do you have the spreadsheet pulled up on your computer? I, I do, Charlie. Oh, do you? Okay. Está aquí. Okay. That's Spanish for it's here. Okay. In case you didn't know. You're not Spanish speakers out there. I, I, okay, thank you. I it's did okay. understand you that. Didn't know I was, you know I had those skills, huh? All right, I, I have do. Bama minus 11. 12 day streak. I have Duolingo. Ba- let's go. Sorry. I have Bama minus 11 at Kentucky, Michigan minus four and a half at Penn State, Arizona minus 10 at Colorado, Oregon minus 15 uh, at home at USC, Florida plus 15 at LSU, Miami plus 14 at FSU, Oklahoma State minus two and a half at UCF, and James Madison minus 25 and a half at UConn. I took a lot of um, teams that are playing away. You did. You did. Um, but that's okay. And I'm okay with that. I mean, My parlay is plus 205, South Carolina over Vandy, Clemson over Georgia Tech, Washington over Utah, and Arkansas over Auburn with the upset special of Texas Tech over Kansas. I see you're having a little trouble over there. You need to go to the tab that says week 12. I see this, Charlie. I thought you were just using one sheet and refreshing it. So I'm sitting here clicking refresh over and over again. I'm like, what? Nothing's changing from last week. Now I see it has, it has tabs at the bottom. I didn't know you were tabbing it. You thought I didn't know I we del- were tabbing it up. You thought I deleted it all? I thought we were just... Re- Why did we... Need- we don't need it from last week. I thought we were. I didn't know we were tabbing it up. You got mad because I threw away a notebook paper one time. I don't recall that. Okay, sure. Convenient. I'm sure it happened. I just don't recall. Convenient. I just don't recall. All right, sorry. All right, now now we got it, Charlie. I'm sorry. I appreciate, again, the, the spreadsheet, although I'm going to have to probably insert my own picks in the future here, Charlie, because I can't count on you to listen we 
and I actually got it all fixed. Uh, but because I happened to be paying attention and catch it. Joey did get sick and die. Oh, Joey! I told you. Somebody was that the guy with the broken leg? It's me and Mary left. Have have fun with that, Charlie. That just sounds exhilarating. I'm glad that you're channeling your inner 1991. All right, let's go. Michigan minus four and a half at Penn State. Utah plus nine at Washington. Arizona minus ten at Colorado. Arizona over 31, two for one special. Arkansas minus two and a half at against Auburn. Charlie, they are not playing at Auburn. That is in Fayetteville. Uh, Louisville over 33. NC State minus two and a half at Wake. Wake under 21, another two-for-one special there for you. Oklahoma State, minus two and a half at Central Florida. OK State, over 33, my third and final two-for-one special of the week. Kansas, minus three versus Texas Tech. G5 special, UNLV, minus five versus Wyoming. And Miami, plus 14 at Florida State. Parlay, Michigan, Arizona, Oklahoma, LSU, on the money line, plus 164. And upset specials, we're going big this week. Utah over Washington, Miami, over Florida State, go Canes. And also, go Utes, please. Please, if, if Utah wins this game, that's another uh, big payday for your boy here. All right. Well, that's it for this week. That's it. That's it. I guess you're going to go home and play the Oregon Trail for hours. Well, I'm the only one left, so. I don't even, I have no, I don't know what that means. I, don't, I didn't really play this game growing up. Everyone else has died. I was playing NES, Charlie. I wasn't playing Oregon Trail. Oh, well, I didn't have that. Mario. You know what Mario is? You know, this is actually a really great game. This is probably why I'm a good reader. <laughs> You think you're a good reader? I do think I'm a good reader. Well, you might need to get the uh, ADHD situation checked out. Oh, yeah. A little bit. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I might just need to get that checked out. All right. Anyway, thank you, guys. I apologize for for whatever's going on over here with Charlie. I appreciate you guys being here. It's going to be a heck of a weekend here in Athens. Um, uh, Hopefully the rain stays away. We'll see what happens. But either way, if you're going to the game, be there. Be loud. Be proud. Stay the whole game. And be the difference for our team. But um, have yourselves a heck of a football Saturday. We don't have many of them left, guys. I don't want to be that guy and put that out there. But we do not have many of them left. So let's make them all count. But for Charlie, I'm Tyler. Thank you guys once again for being here. And as always, go dogs. <laughs>